0: The Wellspring University Podcast, Summer Edition. And uh, I'm Scott Smith, lead pastor here at Wellspring. I'm joined with three uh, three other guys. Uh, I'm Tyler, I'm a student pastor. James Inzah, interim associate pastor.
1: Phil Marins, worship pastor. And
0: uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about uh, what does the Bible say about education? Now, um, admittedly so, it doesn't say a lot about uh, the way um, education is is kind of uh, contextualized, or or the way education looks in in our culture. It doesn't. If you're looking for a verse that says if we should send your kids to public school or private school or homeschool, it's not there. Uh, you're gonna be looking for a while. But uh, but I do think that there's a lot of good things uh, in the in God's word that helps lead us and uh, guide us to make uh, a good decision that glorifies Christ for for our family. So. Um, how do you do that, James? Uh, if if there's not a lot that, sa- that says... So I made a, a claim. Not a lot is said directly about you know where we should send our kids in the context of, of our lives or our culture, but there is a lot that's in there uh, to help us. Um, what does that look like? How do you... Uh,
2: what does the Bible have to say about that? Sure. Did I make a true statement, I guess? Right. So speaking of education, uh, in my education... Uh, theological education, that is, in graduate school, I was taught, many people are taught this in Bible college, different, even Sunday school. Uh, I was taught that when we read the Bible, it is important to understand the context in which those passages that we are reading, uh, the context in which they were written, and then glean from that the principles that are being taught, and then understand how those principles, while being true to the text, can apply to the current context. And so I think that's one way in which we need to approach things that don't seem like there's a lot um, is said about, you know, topic like education, some of these other topics we're really trying to tackle because they're not easy topics topics to to discern information from. But we go back and we look at what is the context in which some of these things were written and then how does that make sense given uh, a very different context today, you know, before we started recording, Phil pointed out the fact that modern educational constructs are, are just that, modern, they're fairly recent in their existence. Uh, they didn't exist for you know, most of the church's history, and they didn't exist the way they look today in, in you know, m- many forms when the Bible was written. So we need to consider that as we have these types of discussions. Uh, and then draw conclusions the best we can uh, with that in mind. Mm-hmm. So, what does that look like for, for education, Phil? What, what is uh, taking, we're trying to
0: contextualize and use the, the scriptures. What are, some, what are some verses that are insightful or helpful when you were kind of looking at this, when you're studying, that you came to that, that gave some guidance?
1: Well, the word education really isn't used, but there's a lot of different words, like training is used a lot. Of course, in ancient cultures, we've talked a little bit before the podcast about the idea that there were apprenticeships or you might have a rabbinic teacher. Uh, Paul says in Acts 22 that Gamaliel was his, his teacher. And as, as we think about, uh, I mean, even back from, uh, the times of Moses, I mean, he, he learned things in the house of Pharaoh. And then when, uh, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, one of the commands that he gave them was in Deuteronomy six, where he told them to love the Lord their God and they received the law and everything. And he wanted to make sure that this was perpetuated throughout the generations. So he gave the instruction that they were to raise their children, um, to teach them when they lie down, when they lay down, when they rise up and when they walk by the way, they were to teach them the things the Lord had been teaching them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a lot of talk about wisdom. There's a, uh, there's elders who teach in uh, the New Testament churches. And one of their qualifications is to be able to teach. We're told in the New Testament we're to raise our children up in the teaching and admonition of the Lord and the discipline. Um, so there's there's a lot of handling of, of knowledge and wisdom in the Scriptures. Of course, we have, even have a book called the book of wisdom. Mm-hmm. But as far as uh, how that's transmitted to people in our day, we need to make some applications. Mm-hmm.
3: What are some of those applications, Tyler? Oh, man. Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, as I was thinking about this, uh, pr- preparing for our conversation, you know, I am I was typically thinking through... Um, Kind of a um, cultural mindset is a way that a lot of people will approach this. And, and I think that does influence a lot of our application of that. What do I mean by that? Well, um, how, how, do we, how do we think about, as Christians, how we engage culture and do that wisely? Because a lot of that influences the way that we engage with our understanding of, of uh, how we should educate our kids. This isn't everything that has to do with it, but it's just yes, for application. So, yeah. So here's here, the context
0: there, of our discussion. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, Richard Niebuhr, Christ and, Christ and culture, uh, old book, um, but gives us kind of a, a taxonomy or a framework way of thinking about, um, how Christians often engage in culture. And sometimes, um, within that there's, there's really three middle ones and then two kind of extreme ones. And, uh, um, and we have to be careful to avoid really either extreme. And those can be certain attitudes towards culture. Sometimes um, we can have a Christ against culture mentality which says that we want to, um, that, that Christ himself and Christ's kingdom um, is antiposed to everything that is that is in our world today. You know, there's no real doctrine of common grace that, uh, that God still continues to work through um, even people who who are Christians, or um, and that he wor- works through sinful and evil things, uh, that he can he can redeem those, and so uh, sometimes within that we can have this tendency to say, well, we're going to retract from culture, and the extreme of that is is um, uh, communities like the Amish, uh, which I would say would be kind of the epitome of of a Christ against culture mentality of well, everything in culture is is sinful and evil, so we're going to retract from it, um, and, and we're going to create our own culture. Now, the Bible does call us to create a kind of a Christian counterculture. We see that in um, in Matthew 5 through 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, and that gives us a vision for what um, a Christian counterculture is supposed to look like. But we're also supposed to, you know, um, be in the world, not of the world. And so we're, we're called to engage in some way. And so for me that's the way that I begin to kind of think about how to engage with this is how do we wisely um, with our kids and the education of our kids allow them to safely and appropriately engage and interact with the world um, in a way that's not going to um, bring harm to them um, emotionally spiritually uh, physically and um, you know, at least for me in the way that I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm having more and more concern with the state of our public education to where um, if you'd asked me even just three years ago, I would have said, oh, no question. When, when we have kids, we'll send them to, uh, to public school. Uh, now, I'm not so sure. Like I'm going to I I'm not saying that I, we would homeschool our kids necessarily necessarily, but or even send them to private school. But we're definitely going to think much more carefully about it and for us we don't really have a choice we're going to live in a different country where uh, our choices are kind of determined for us so Mm -hmm. anyway
2: yeah i think it's great of you to share your heart as as it stands on that topic i i think that vulnerability is something that when we have these types of conversations uh, as believers is edifying to others because and to say that I, i don't necessarily know where i'm at because this topic is a charged one, and and mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you, Scott, uh, you know, allowing us and, and being willing to lead us in this direction to have conversations about topics like this. That's what we committed to for the summer session. Uh-huh. And, you know, there are a lot of opinions around this, and so I like to you know maybe take uh, Tyler's cue and tell my own story real quick about how we came to the conclusion to homeschool our kids, which we've been doing for ten years. But we didn't always homeschool. We sent our our oldest daughter to. Uh, public school for for a couple of years and you know I, I spent a lot of time going through some of the verses that we referenced Deuteronomy uh, you know teach teacher uh, children diligently uh, you know the words that I command you today you shall teach them diligently to your children um, Proverbs one uh hear my son your father's instruction forsake not your mother's teaching uh, Ephesians uh, 6 verse 4 you know tells us as as fathers to bring up our children in the discipline and instruction of the lord so those are the things that i went to but like you said i don't think the bible you know show my cards the bible doesn't say well that means you have to homeschool your kids or that means you have to send your kids to a a private school or a public school for that matter but what it does mean is you got to be in the mix i think i think it does say that i think the bible uh implores us to, to be in the mix of our children's education, and not just on spiritual matters, but really everything that they learn is on some level related to mm-hmm. their spiritual health. I agree. So for us, we came, my wife and I, we simply came to the conclusion that the best way we could do that in our specific situation was to homeschool our children. Now, with that said, there are other people who are going to look at this situation and say, for, for them... The spec- the, in their specific situation, the best way to do that may be public school or the best way to do that may be private school. It, it, may, it may depend on their gifts and their, you know, their inclinations or their, their you know, sometimes financial situations dictate whether or not you can do that. And, mm-hmm. and that's all okay. The methodology I don't think is prescribed here. But the, the uh, you know, guidance, if you will, to be responsible for our children's mm-hmm. education I think is the one thing we can all agree. I think we can all agree is something the Bible says about education. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Let me ask you a question, James. Yes. So, um, at least for for public school, I know that a couple of years, your oldest was was uh, went to public school. But how, how are parents going to engage in that way if they're supposed to be involved in? and engage uh, with their children's education, they're sending them to public school. Are you saying then that they need to be involved in PTO, they need to be at all the school board meetings? Uh, Like, what does that look like for parents?
2: Yeah, you know, I I don't, these thoughts and comments that we're sharing, I think it's important, particularly when it comes to that, is is very much an opinion. I I haven't had a chance to research that particular question from a biblical perspective, Uh but if I'm gonna come back to what I said, you know, and, and as I paraphrase, be in the mix. Um, I think it means understanding what, what the curriculum is teaching your child. I think it means understanding some of the conversations that your child is having with both their teachers, administrators, and other students in that school. And then really it's an opportunity in many cases to to hone in on that particular topic and have a conversation about what the Bible says about that topic, just like we're having right here and right now. And honestly, that's one of the the drawbacks to homeschooling is I've got to make sure that I'm very intentional about those topics that tend to come up organically or naturally in a, in the public square that won't necessarily come up in, you know, in my house around the dinner table, unless something else forces it. Um, and, and the other drawback is my children don't have an opportunity as much to engage in sharpening their skills and defending their positions as, as, as Paul, uh, as, as we're exhorted to do in the Bible um, mm-hmm. to, to defend our positions. In this case, I think I'm referring to Peter as Peter writes us, be always be prepared mm-hmm. uh, to make a defense. And so, you know, there's there's. Pros and cons there, but again, it's that intentionality of understanding what they're going through, and it's so easy. I know when I was going to school, it's easy to just come home from school, be done with school, and, and want to you know tune into other things. Um, mm-hmm. And as a, as a as a guy who who just spent the last you know twenty years working, you know a very typical get to work no later than eight o'clock and and stay there usually five five thirty. I was tired as a parent coming home. And sometimes the last thing I wanted to do was have those deep conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and, but but I think we need to be prepared for that if, if that's the choice we're going to make.
0: It might be easier. James did a great job answering that. I wouldn't disagree with anything. But on a practical side, it might be easier for me to answer that because, oh, go because there. we have actually thought through that. Our kids mm-hmm. go to public school. I, uh, my, my wife, Mary Jo, she's a public school product uh, went with secondary school at least in primary school, and then I uh, did all three, actually. I went to public school, I homeschooled for a little while, and, and I, I graduated from a Christian private school. So uh, our, our families kind of <laughs> run the gamut. And actually, when when uh, it came to our kids and their education, um, when, when Grace and our oldest, he's headed into seventh grade, but when he was in kindergarten, we, uh, we decided that, that he was going to go to public school as a kindergartner, and uh, then we would reevaluate every year. I don't know that that the reevaluation is as um, overt, maybe as or um, uh, we don't have the, the that conversation like we had the first couple years. I Not mean, quite so systematic. Yeah, I mean, we efficient. like we yeah. work through it. I mean, we yeah. had a conversation. What are we going to do next year? Why uh, we don't really do that anymore because our experience with public school, at least here in Southwest Missouri, has been so so uh good but uh, to to james's point being involved in it um my my wife mary Jo, she doesn't she works here at the church part-time but beyond that uh she doesn't uh she doesn't have uh a job outside of of, of raising our kids and and in her context that's that is being involved in the school in a in a pretty um deep way i mean she is she knows the teacher She. She uh, knows. Not only does she know the names of, of our kids' teachers, but she knows their favorite drinks. Uh, she knows, you know, where they need help. Um, she she makes it a point to be uh, that involved through PTO and, and other op- opportunities. Um, so that's how that's how she's involved. Now, kind of an interesting thing for, for us, you were that you were talking about it, having uh, intentional conversations about com- about things that that your kids believe that. Um, maybe challenged. Uh, we, we are starting to have those at, at our house. And the thing that I am trying to do as a, as a dad to, as we lean into this is um, um, not freak out when those, when those topics come up. Grayson knows now. I mean, he's old enough to know. Like, this is what our family believes. This is, this is you know, the things that, that we believe from God's word and when conversations or things happen at school that are opposed to that, um, his tendency is to hide them. And uh, so we're we're working to to draw those out not not in a not in a sinful way, but just uh, I know we don't believe that, and um, there's a chance Dad may freak out if I bring it up. He's going to be like, "Oh my goodness, what are you learning? What are you doing?" Uh, but uh, but trying to have those conversations without without being. Uh, emotional, you know, and, and just allow him to, to process it and see it from a, a biblical worldview. So we, we have those conversations a lot. I, I work to, to not, you know, yell or go be surprised, uh, not yell at him, but yell about it or, or be surprised. The, the great thing is all of our kids' teachers have been followers of Christ um, in the public school system. So that's helped make our decision. All, what are they, eight or nine teachers so far? Uh, know Christ and uh, you know allow conversations to come up in the classroom it's, it's really kind of fun to hear about so that's on the practical side what, what our family goes through each year um, from a, a, different, a different perspective now uh, last thing I'll say I've taken up way too much time but uh, since the Bible doesn't say it explicitly I think this is an area where grace has to abound like we can I can send my kids to public school and still affirm James and Sarah, uh, that they're doing the right thing, even though they've come to a different conclusion than us. Because the Bible doesn't say you got to send your kids to private school or to public school or to homeschool. So this is an area where grace abounds and God leads families in different, in different directions.
1: Y'all homeschooled Phil? Yes. What, what kind of led to that decision? It's really interesting that uh, uh, I remember the moment when Jody said, I, I don't want to put my kid on a bus. I want to teach her myself. And I was interested in what brought her to that conclusion. There was a it was actually from a secular writer, John Holt, that began to talk about the changes that are happening in schools and school systems. And I think it's interesting, you know, when a when a family moves to an area, oftentimes they'll go, okay, who's who's got the best school in the area or they're always trying to figure out how to, you know, find the right situation. I was raised in a in a school. I know there were a lot of Christian teachers. I know there's there's different between inner city schools and you know what we would have here in this city, but even in our city, you know, you talking to teachers, you hear different changes that happen, and so we were trying to navigate. You know, just uh, this is a long time ago. This is '81 when uh, when our first was born, and so she, when she was about that age, uh, Jody just dug into it. She started reading a lot of books. At that time, hardly anybody was homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And it was even in a, a secular... Uh, but they begin to... We began... As we went through life, we just begin to see, man, we can... In the middle of school year, we can take our kids on a mission trip and they can go with us. They're not locked into the schedule. There's a lot of advantages of, you know, being able to go to Silver Dollar City when all the school kids are in school, you know. <laughs> but we just... We loved our main thing was there's there's a there is a direct correlation between who spends the most time with your child and how much influence they have on your life if you know you know people that uh, uh, probably if they aren't around their kids very much at all then somebody else really has to step up to be the significant influencer in their life and we just decided early on that we wanted to be the main influencers we're not We're not that totally smart, but we found out that, uh, you know, that kids are, you turn them loose, you give them resources and they are machines for eating. Uh, and, and we also, uh, went through, you know, the Bible talks about, maybe this is part of this discussion is the Bible talks about, there are different kinds of wisdom. There's a wisdom from above. James says it's pure and peaceable and open reason and, and, uh. And then there's, there is actually um, uh, a pride of wisdom and a, and, a, and a spirit of idolatry about, I think we see it more in our day and age where people can be a brain at Harvard, you know, and they don't have a clue as far as who God is and, you know, the wisdom from above and so that was part of our, you know, in our decision was keeping our pulse on our, on our kids. I and put in my notes, were.
0: you said, uh, you were talking about wisdom. I put in yeah. my notes, wisdom is what guides us to use information towards good ends. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's what good, you're saying. That's a good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you pivoted there because that's one thing I definitely wanted to say that I do believe the Bible speaks to with regard to education or knowledge. Um, and I go to the book of wisdom, um, And really the end of it, the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 12, and uh, Solomon, if if Solomon is the Mm -hmm. one who wrote Ecclesiastes, writes, uh, you know, the words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd, shepherd being capitalized there in my version. My son, but he goes on to say, My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. Now, I don't want my daughter to have heard me say that last statement. <laughs> um, keep studying. Uh, right. And then verse 13 sums, you know, sums up most of the book. The end of the matter, and many of us have heard this before, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. In our culture and in myself, I've seen this penchant towards making education an idol. And no one in our culture is going to say, don't go get a good education. I've never heard that in, in the American culture. Um, but if you go get the best education in the world, but leave God behind, then you know that, that pride and that being puffed up, as uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 mm-hmm. uh, calls it, uh, can be a road towards towards destruction, and, and we see it in very many uh, parts of our culture. And so that's that's the caution. That's really kind of my summary statement. As we as we come to a close today, is, is education clearly is a good thing. We all need to be trained and brought up, and and you know seek after wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but without God. It is a very dangerous thing.
1: Yeah. There's one more scripture that I think is significant. When Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, You know, there's certain people who love to be called rabbi in the, in the synagogues. He says, But don't call each other teacher. You have one teacher, and that's me, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. You have one father. And so, and there's in Isaiah, it says that all your children will be taught by the Lord. And Paul makes different references. He says, You don't have anybody. to to need to teach you because the Lord's teaching you how to love one another or his anointing teaches you. And so the biggest, um, I think, point of Jesus is there is that we need to learn, all of us, from the Lord. I mean, we can learn things by doing experiments and grow in the knowledge of the word, but our primary source of wisdom and knowledge is the Lord and learning, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I mean, that's why we're all sitting in this room together is because we all follow the Lord and we're listening to him and, and absorbing his teaching, which is the most important thing, you know, thing that we can learn mm-hmm. from him. Yeah.
3: What, what would be your your kind of closing closing statement, Tyler? Yeah. Um, James, I like what you had to say there at the end and just had me thinking again about um, just wanting to pursue faithfulness with whatever we do in, in regards to this matter. For for you, what faith and your family with faithfulness look like uh, and looks like is homeschooling your kids. Um, for for me and for my family growing up, it was going to public school. Um, for Scott, for you at, at different times, it was um, public school, homeschool, mm-hmm. and private school. Yep. And the different seasons demanded different things um, mm-hmm. to be faithful and even as you, as um, as kids go on to receive higher education, uh, college and, and postgraduate or doctorate or whatever, um, we want to pursue those things knowing that we're doing so to be faithful to God's calling on our life. Um, right. at, at, uh, at You probably remember this, Phil, but at, at Ozark, I think uh, Seth Wilson said, get as much education as you can keep sanctified. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and I think in terms of um, how we're educated, I think that that principle rings true of get the kind of education that you can keep sanctified. And if that means sending your kids to public school or private school or homeschooling, whatever works best for your family. Do those things um, out of faithfulness um, to God's calling on your life and, and where your family happens to be. And so when Sevy and I get to that point, that's the way that we'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. For me,
0: for our family, um, Proverbs one seven says, uh, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge." And uh, I really want to anchor our kids' lives in, in the fear of the Lord because I, I do believe that's the beginning of, of wisdom. Um, I want. I'm convinced no matter what decision uh, we make as a family, uh, where to where to send our kids or what kind of schooling uh, they will uh, they they will um, Use or, or have that—that uh, that we as parents are um, the most effective influences for our kids' lives for good and for evil, and uh, we want to we want to lean into that and believe that and trust that teaching them the fear of the Lord um, will lead to to uh, wisdom in their in their lives. So, uh, that's the foundation on which uh, we're, we're we're trying to build our kids' lives, and. Uh, by God's grace, we'll see that see that flourish. As I know is the case for, uh, well, I guess James in 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 this the context of this conversation. Since uh, Phil's kids are are already uh, grown, and Tyler is about to start, yeah, you know, uh, at some
1: point in the future. I just give you a warning: your children are never grown.
0: Well, that's true. They still come. Yeah, that's true. They He's always come back, and still you always come think about, back for counsel, yeah, and, and that's help right. and love. That's true. That's true. That's true. Alrighty. I think that's everything. Uh, Next week, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the topic. What does the Bible say about health and fitness? Uh, What does the Bible say about health and fitness? So we hope you'll join us next week. And uh, thanks for being with us this week. We'll see you soon.